This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the Summer turtles? Summer. Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Fan text line 55305. Let's show tires podcast online. Radio.com app. 1080thefan.com. Where you can find the show afterwards if you missed it. Spent the whole first hour talking about the kind of fun little side stories of the draft. The homes of the people and Goodell and the basements and all that kind of stuff. But we haven't actually talked a lot about the literal draft. So let's do that here. Um, I'll start, of course, with Justin Ebert. Justin Herbert going to the L.A. Chargers with the sixth overall pick. He went right after Tua Tagovailoa went to the Dolphins at five. Um this is, the, this is the team that was most tied to Herbert the entire draft process. Everybody said that Herbert would go to the Chargers. Um, it gives him a chance to start right away if he wins the job, but it also gives him a chance to sit for a bit behind Tyrod Taylor or uh, Tyrod Taylor, however you say it, um, where maybe he can sit and learn if he needs to. But I like the fit. I mean, in terms of teams that he could have gone to, the Chargers were one of the top ones in my mind that I wanted him to go to in terms of having a chance to succeed. So perfect for me, for Herbert to go there. No, I thought, thought it was great. Um, I think there are a lot of people that were kind of, here's the cold part. He dodged a bullet. This is one of those things that you're kind of glad that people were said to, were saying Tua was better than Herbert. If you're a Duff fan, because if you, if, if you're Justin Herbert, 
You didn't want to end up in Miami. Not right now. You know, I think there's there's rebuilding, which is, I think, what the, the Chargers are doing. And then there's completely starting from scratch. And that's where Miami is. Miami actively tried to tank last year. They tried everything they could to get the top pick. Still didn't really work the way they wanted it to. They were still able to beat the Patriots, I think, twice uh, last season. They were able to uh, pull off some big wins. Like, Miami had some good things going for them. Uh, the Chargers have more good things going for them. You know, you've got a you've got a pretty solid run game. Um, you, uh, I mean, at least you have an okay receiving core. Keenan Allen, Keenan, yeah, you have, still quite uh, good. You you have a, a stud on the defensive end and Bosa. So I mean, if you're Herbert, you're looking around at your situation and you get to live in L.A. Like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. Like, I get to live in Los Angeles, and so you're, if you're a Charger fan. And honestly, I have, a, I have a few friends. It's going to be a big step for him. He's lived this in Eugene his whole life. <laughs> yeah, this is, and this, this is huge. And, you know, now he gets an opportunity uh, to play in pretty good weather outside of having to travel to uh, Kansas City and having to travel to Denver. He gets to play in a brand new stadium. He gets to play in a brand new stadium. You know, so you get eight games in L.A. Uh, you'll get a game in Vegas. You know, you'll get, you know, outside of your games in Denver and everything. You got pretty good weather for most of your schedule, you know, if you're Justin Herbert, which is a change. From playing in the rain all the time at U of O, so uh, I thought it was a, a great pick by um, Anthony Lynn and company. Uh, I think, and so I got into it. Do you think he wins the job over Taylor? I think eventually he will. I think what Tarot Taylor showed us is, or shown us, excuse me, is he is a he is a serviceable quarterback. And I heard a, a friend of mine say something, or he's a you know, uh, I guess a manager at at my job, and he and he said you know his biggest kind of detriment was that he was just too average. That's Tarot Taylor's biggest, you know, kind of, dis- he's just, he's good, but he's just good. Yeah. And that's it. There's, he's not special. He's not dynamic. He, you know, he's just, good. he's good enough. He's good enough. And he's good enough to where Baker Mayfield can come in and take your job. Right. I mean, mind you, then he, then he turned an ankle or something like that. And so Baker Mayfield had to step in, but once he stepped in, it was, you're not getting that job back. And, I think Terod Taylor just keeps being one of these guys. He's a great character dude, so he's going to be a great locker room leader and things like that. He's going to be great for giving advice to a young uh, Justin Herbert as far as, man, this is how you prepare, things like that. There's things that Terod Taylor can absolutely help Justin Herbert with. But I think as a, as a quarterback, Justin Herbert is he's a, he's a good – he's a better player than what Terod Taylor or even Baker Mayfield, you know, was, I believe. Well, one thing that – was nice to hear. So Justin Herbert was on the herd on Friday and um, you know, Justin Herbert's not the greatest interview. He was a little bit boring. He's kind of one note. He's gotten better, but he's still kind of boring. Um, he said this when asking, when answering a question and it was good to hear the honesty because it shows that he doesn't think he's just hot S and he's, he's going to go and kill it. He knows he's got things to work on because I mean, I'm somebody who is not sold on Herbert as an NFL quarterback because of the things that I saw that were issues with him in college, uh, including not handling pressure well and not being great at going through his progressions, which is obviously going to get that much harder in the NFL. But this is what he said. Oh, there's there's especially been some times where I, uh, a play breaks down and I kind of sit back and I throw it late over the middle and um, thought I could get away with it in my arm. And, and uh, at the ne- next level, that's not going to work. So times where I, I just have to um, either throw it out of bounds, take off, um, or hit a check down is, is something that uh, I've been working on. The fact that he's being honest about what he needs to work on, and that's not little, everything that I've said, but it's something 
related to it where he just relied on his arm strength to make the plays where in the NFL, that's not going to be the case anymore because everyone's going to be better. <laughs> so I, I hope that he succeeds. I hope that I'm wrong because it's cool seeing Oregon players succeed and Oregon state players succeed in the NFL, but I just am not certain that he's going to be that great. So hopefully, hopefully he's able to improve on the things that he's talking about there and, and make it because it'd be fun to see him succeed. I mean, I think he is going to be good. I think he's I'm not, is he going to be great. I think that's the big question. I think he can be very, very good. Uh, Herbert is somebody who can be, man, deadly accurate. You know, he's somebody that can spread the ball all, across, all around the field. And we've seen him be a mobile quarterback. I think he was in a situation uh, with a very conservative offense and almost like an SEC-style offense. That's kind of uh, what Cristobal is going for, bigger, stronger, uh, you know, pound-up-the-middle type of football. That's, you know, what the Ducks – wanted to become and they actually did a pretty good job of being in that team and i think herbert uh just had to do enough especially with the lack of receivers and lack of the run game he just had to do enough to keep his team afloat let's just be real if you're talking about a winner let's be honest herbert was one game away from going to the uh, to the college uh playoff let's be real man outside of justin herbert is not on that team the ducks went four games this year maybe four mm -hmm. if he's not on that team this to this team was in the toilet because of this guy. He competed in the Pac-12 and was able to take his team on the really the doorstep of the playoff. Man, I've seen a dude for four years outside of the year that he was hurt um, do nothing but really improve year after year after year. If he had left the draft left and went to the draft last year, Herbert would have been the number one pick. He'd have been the first, even the first quarterback off the board. Maybe not the number one pick, but for sure the first quarterback off the board last year. And when everybody said he should have went. But he decided to stay. I'm trying to figure out how somebody becomes weak in a year. Or not weak, but unimpressive in a year. Like, they, they go from you, the projected number one pick, to, ah, uh, well, maybe you're not going to be as, you know, as good as we thought you were in the league. Like, that's crazy to me. So, I don't know. I'm leaning with Justin Herbert. Uh, my eyes haven't lied to me uh, like, they have, like they haven't lied to me about Mariota. Bad situation. I think he's going to be much better in Oakland. I still disagree okay. with that as I'm well. Uh, I, I'm one who... Even last year, I, I like Herbert, but was, you know, just had questions about whether or not he had all of the skill sets that an NFL quarterback needs. Uh, Mariota, I thought Mariota was going to be really good, and I was flat out wrong. And I hope that that changes in Vegas. I hope that your opinion is correct because I like him as a player and he was fun to cover here, but um, Mariota's got a lot of issues. <laughs> and that's there's a reason he lost the starting job. And it's now going to be a backup somewhere, most likely, with the, the Vegas Raiders behind Derek Carr. So, uh, hopeful for both those guys. But, um, again, not not exactly thinking like it's going to be working out super well. But at least he does have a good team. You're right. It would have been way worse if he went to the Dolphins. Because guess what? He'd be starting immediately with the Dolphins and not having the uh, the competition right away. And uh, we'll see if Tua can, can do anything with Miami. Although they had a ton of picks in this year's draft and apparently did pretty well with them according to a lot of people. So maybe they're on the up and up. Maybe they're finally turning around there as well. Coming up next, a couple of quarterbacks taken in very interesting spots. Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts going to Green Bay and Philadelphia. We'll get to that next. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
Look, I'm helping Rashad with technical issues, okay? Don't don't put my business out there, bro. <laughs> no one needs to know that it's 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 been a struggle. Like it changed on me and uh And you didn't read the email. I, I didn't get that email. Yes, you got the email. I did not. It well, went to every employee at Intercom who got the email. I didn't get it. I didn't we get all it. have to change our password? No. Well, no. It was just there was a new way he to He doesn't understand on. the like app on the phone to log into the HR site now. Uh, Lynch, why are you I don't understand? <laughs> like why are you telling everyone that <laughs> I get it, guys. Rashad's folks, an idiot. Folks, I get it. Doesn't know what to do. Folks, so, I understand uh, what I'm doing. <laughs> it's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Okay. Okay. Um, the Packers made the biggest surprise of the draft, and that is taking Jordan Love, Utah State quarterback, late in the first round. I thought this was a fascinating pick because. Aaron Rodgers throughout the entire draft process has been saying, I just want help on offense. I need some more receivers. All I have is Devonte Adams. You know, the offensive line is getting a little bit older and not quite as good because I just want some help And the Packers with their very first pick of the draft. Well, they got some offensive help. All right. But at the quarterback position by taking Jordan love, I thought this was the strangest pick of the entire draft. I know that Aaron Rodgers was a backup for many years behind Brett Favre and turned out to be a very good quarterback, but it just seems strange to me that you're going to go ahead and piss off your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who still probably has many years left. And by many, I mean three, four by getting Jordan love and putting the pressure on him. And it kind of goes back to my thought last year. I remember we talked about this on the show that we we thought Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers hated each other, right? Matt LaFleur comes in as the new head coach, and there's all these reports of discontent, and they don't agree on the style of offense. And Aaron Rodgers is the gunslinger, and he freestyles, and he does what he wants. Is this another bit of a power move here by LaFleur by going like, hey, watch your back, A-Rod. If you don't follow what I'm doing, I'm just going to go to Jordan Love instead. It was a weird pick. Uh, it was a weird pick. Uh, Jordan Love is a good player, though. So, I mean, I'm not sure what their thought process was behind. He was good two years ago. Yeah. Last year, he was bad. No, he was bad last year. but you know, 17 he, interceptions. Yeah, he he has been good, though. So, he can prove a little bit of a gunslinger. Um, but um, I don't know. This is If you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to think, man, deja vu. You know, because you were in this exact same situation. Uh, what was it, 12, 15, 12, 13 years ago? somewhere around there uh, when Aaron Rodgers was drafted and, you know, had to sit behind Brett Favre for three or four years before Brett decided he was ready to to move on and do his own thing. And now Aaron Rodgers has been a, a – he's a con- – Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that he, he's going to be a bit of a headache for you because he's so good, because he knows he's so damn good. Um, Mike McCarthy, you know, had his issues with Aaron Rodgers, and they won a Super Bowl. And really, they won, you know, as far as getting to the playoffs and doing stuff like almost every year that McCarthy was there with Aaron Rodgers. And yet and still, they did nothing but butt heads. And so now you have the situation with Matt LaFleur, who I think they're about the same age. I think the LaFleur might be a little younger hmm. than. Uh, Let's find out. So, yeah, I think it's one of those situations. And I think he and Aaron Rodgers. LaFleur's 40, so he's a little older. So he's still just a little older than Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. Looks man, great for 40, by the way. Man, right? So I, I, he's he's one of them dudes that you either do it my way or we're going to have a problem because it's e- much easier to find uh, another coach than it is to find a player 
with the skill set of an Aaron Rodgers, right? So with that, he's going to be kind of a diva and kind of a a doucher. So at points, I mean, just being real. So I mean, he is, yes. yeah. I mean, just being real. Like we've we've seen enough Aaron Rodgers over the past, you know, almost fifteen years to know that man. This is just kind of the type of type of player that he is. But he's not very likable. Is he's he? not. But and I think with you have to kind of, unfortunately, you kind of kind of eat that. You know, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and I think some people get tired of eating it. You know, and I think they get tired of, you know, taking the high road and, you know, okay, man, fine. Because what Aaron Rodgers does, he he pokes without actually saying, yeah, my coach sucks. My team sucks. My this. You know, he he didn't come out and say that. He'll he'll say things like, I just I just need help and we can't do certain things. And, you know, the you know we, we need uh, defenses to be able to keep guys from scoring. Like, he, he did that against Mike McCarthy for years. He, for, for years. And when he's unhappy, that's just kind of what he does. And so if you're Matt LaFleur, you got to come in and set a precedent. And I think this is a great way of saying we're looking towards the future. Like at this point, you're not the Aaron Rodgers from four years ago where you could run all over the place. You've been hurt. You've had the same shoulder injury a couple times at this point. Like you're not the guy that you're still magic at points, but the magic is starting to fade uh, just a little bit. And I think they kind of see that. And so, and I don't think they were going to let a guy like love slip into the, if they were, if he was there, then let's take advantage of it. Cause I'm not sure when Aaron Rodgers contract is even up. Is that soon? Is that within the next little bit? Because if it's in the next two years and that makes sense to start grooming uh, a quarterback, but if it's one of those things that they got him and he's got four years left on his contract, then Aaron Rodgers contract goes through 2023 and a uh, 2022 potential out uh, then for the Packers. Yes. I think uh, I was just reading that it would be like a dead cap hit of 17 million, which would be very manageable at that point. Wow. And he's going to make so much money. He's going to make a lot of money. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard to say that he's not going to be worth it because he's still, Aaron Rodgers, just his name alone is going to sell you Aaron. 10, 10,000 additional you know season tickets just from him being a Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's going to go out there and do that. So, I mean, I think this could be a good thing for the Packers in the future, but for the immediate future, this is going to cause some problems. Because, you because number one, Aaron's not wrong. He's not wrong. They probably should have got him a, re- a receiver. They probably should have went out is, and got him some some offensive line help. They probably this is the should, best yeah. receiver draft that there's been in a long time. With and there was a ton. Dudes, yeah. No, there were dudes. like there were like 15 receivers who had first round grades in this draft. I want to say that there was the most receivers taken in any draft. But yeah. I think there was four like great ones yes. in this draft. Like for sure, like this is this is gonna be a home run. Cowboys but got yes, one of them. There's a whole oh, yeah. Broncos got one of them. <clears throat> Patriots did not. <sighs> <laughs> Took some linemen. <sighs> some guy out of Lenore Rhine. Yeah. That was the dog's pick. That was the dog's pick. Hey, man, <laughs> those guys from Lenore Rhine. Yeah, like they could have taken the, T. Higgins. They right? get after Seriously, it. those guys from Lenore Rhine's and from the Citadel and those places that come <laughs> to the – seriously, they end up coming to the Patriots, and what do you know, man? They become – uh, pro bowlers or all pro players like it happens all the time people actually are pretty high on that pick it was just funny because the patriots were like oh are they going to take a quarterback and they took some guy no one had ever heard of before um but that's the whole that's the thing with the packers right so in the second round first two picks t higgins michael pittman jr who are both considered really good wide receivers and like joe said lavisca chenault was a second round pick to the jags the packers need somebody outside of Devonte adams and they take jordan love who's not going to play for at least two years with the first pick yeah, cool, cool, was, cool, 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 cool. It was it was pretty yeah, it was pretty weird that they that they did that. But um, maybe there's lots of lights of fire under Aaron to come out there and and go yeah, back know, to that. Know, well. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe to go back to 2012, Aaron Rodgers and and 2013 when he was just 
absolutely unstoppable, and there was no question that he was the best quarterback because I think that's still there. I think a lot of those skills that he has are still there. He's older. He's not as mobile, but, man, he can still make every single throw out there. I think what he's asking for now is to not have to save the game every time. Like, I mean, that, I think that's – and I think Russell Wilson, you know, he finally got, you know, a, a piece because I think D.K. Metcalf is going to be – a monster over the next few years. Like he's once he really, I think he has first year played really well in the league over the next little bit. He's going to become a monster. He's going to make things that much easier for Russell Wilson. I think as you get older in your career, you, you can't start trying to do more to save your team. The Patriots did a great job towards the end to try to put as much around Brady as possible up until that last year. Until last year. Yeah. Up until last year, like, man, we're going to – but even still, they tried. They went and got Antonio Brown. They, you know, And Antonio Brown went Antonio Brown and everybody. Oh, yeah, they went out and got that. Josh Gordon, who – Josh Gordon went Josh Gordon on those guys. Gronkowski retired. Like, they did a good job of keeping certain guys intact. Like, if they can do that for Aaron Rodgers, man, he, he's still a Super Bowl quarterback. The other one that was surprising – was second round the Philadelphia Eagles who just signed Carson Wentz to a four-year extension drafted Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma with the 53rd overall pick now again this is another team in the Eagles who had some issues on offense last year with weapons now a lot of it was injury based but uh, and they did draft a receiver in the first round as well but it when you have a guy that you drafted a couple of years ago with the number two overall pick, now he's had some injury issues, but I think Carson Wentz is really good. Um, and then you go draft Jalen Hurts. It's it's a weird sign. Now, I think there's two ways you can look at this. One, you can say they looked at the Saints, saw what they were able to accomplish with Taysom Hill, and are thinking Jalen Hurts can play a similar role for them, and he can have some packages where he comes in and he's – uh, triple threat where he runs, he throws, and he catches, right, like Taysom Hill was. Um, or they just are really worried about Carson Wentz's health, but if that was the case, why would you give him a four-year deal? It, again, I was a little bit confused. I was less confused about this one than I was the Jordan Love pick, but because I see the value in a guy like Jalen Hurts in terms of his ability to play all over the place and be a really valuable uh, change-of-pace player. But it just was weird. It was a strange pick to me for, for Philadelphia. It was a strange pick, but I think it, it kind of, I mean, if you can see, it kind of made sense. Uh, two of the last three years, uh, he's he's been hurt. Carson Wentz hasn't been ava available to be on the field for his team, and that includes a Super Bowl run, you know? So it says next to his name that he has a Super Bowl championship, but, I mean, let's just be honest. The, the second Big D half Nick of the had season, a Super Bowl championship. There you go. You know what I'm saying? The second half of the season – Man, Nick Foles was the one that that carried that team and played out of his mind uh, for the Eagles uh, during that stretch. But I, I think Wentz is a good, and I'm with you. I think Wentz is a special quarterback. I think he's one of those guys that honestly, I think he's really good. Honestly, if if you're if you're talking skill set, man, I think Wentz is a top five quarterback. You know, as far as what he can do and what he can bring to this team when he's a healthy quarterback, he's he's as good as it gets. You know, on the field, I just think you have to be on the field, and he's been hurt. And if you get a guy like Jalen Hurts, all of a sudden that gives you a whole different look as far as what you're able to do um, offensively. Hurts can still throw the ball. He's you know, he's not, and mind you, he's not accurate like uh, Carson Wentz is, but he can still throw the ball. And the fact that Jalen Hurts can move the way he can move, I think him going to Oklahoma was enough to show everybody, okay, this kid's really freaking good, man. Like it went from, okay, he's placed for Alabama, and everybody that plays for Alabama is cold, right? Everybody that goes there is good. But no, man, Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma and was like, 
this kid can play. Like, he's got some some real skill there. You know, I think if something happens to your quarterback, to Wentz, man, that's a good substitute to put in there and say, okay, let's go out there and try to win this game for us and get us a couple points, make things exciting. So um, I, I think it's strange, yes, because you have your guy and he's got a few years. But, again, if this guy hadn't been hurt so often, it – you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't have went out and got hurt. But the fact is, man, he's missed, you know, a couple seasons, you know, not a couple seasons, but uh, a, a few games uh, based on injuries. And it's usually like a shoulder. It was a well, shoulder, his back you know, injury was a bad. back injury than the, the, the knee, you know, at a point. So that's I think that can weigh on on a team and they had to make a decision. And I don't know if it was the right one, but I, it definitely doesn't. It can't hurt to have somebody like Jalen Hurts on your bench. No, I mean, I don't think Jalen Hurts is great, but I think he he's valuable because of what he can bring because of his athleticism. One one thing I saw that was talked about a lot this year, and maybe it's just because I noticed it this year, it could have been talked about before too, is if you draft athleticism, you're giving yourself a very high ceiling for a lot of those players. Um, maybe it doesn't work out, right? But if you're drafting high character guys with a lot of athleticism, you get guys who are going to be having a really good chance of getting good if they if they practice well and they don't get hurt and all that kind of stuff. Also, Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, said after drafting Jalen Hurts, he said this, we want to be a quarterback factory, is what he said. I don't really know what that means, but it sounds like he basically just wants to keep bringing quarterbacks in to, to create good quarterbacks, right? And then that's why if you get hurt, if, if Wentz gets hurt, then you have a good backup. And otherwise, maybe you can trade them and get some assets back. Or, you know, you just keep trying to figure out what your future is. If you if you get stuck on one guy and then he retires or gets seriously injured, then you're kind of SOL. Maybe that's what the Packers were thinking about with Rodgers, too, because he's getting older. So you have Jordan Love back there. But I, I, I don't really know what quarterback factory means, but it sounds like he's trying to bring in a bunch of QBs to compete for the backup job and, and create a system that makes good quarterbacks. Maybe that's the thought. No, I, I mean, it, and that very well uh, could be the thought. And, you know, maybe they have some, uh, a couple packages and things that they want to use. And a guy like Hertz would work out well, just because you don't want to get somebody like Wentz hurt again. So I could definitely see that. We've seen it with Taysom Hill. And as you mentioned, like we've, we've seen uh, guys come in and be a, a, a pretty important part of a team but maybe only having five or six snaps where they play uh, the quarterback position. So uh, I think it's something they can definitely do. And, you know, I guess time will tell because I'm almost banking on Wentz being hurt again. Maybe not this year, but I'm almost kind of counting on it just because this is just kind of what we've seen. 50, it's been 50-50 so far. 50% of his, of his career, he's been able to play a full season. All right, let's break. Coming up next, it's time for Hate It or Love It. But first, Joe has sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, that music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. Get the competitive juices flowing on this beautiful Sunday morning. I think Rashad won last week, yeah? Uh, I think so. I think you did, yeah. You've been on a roll lately. I think you're on like a 70% winning percentage in the last couple of months. Woo! Red hot and rolling, baby. You are. You are. Let's just hope there's no use of Nurkic injury that uh, 
derails your season. We're knocking on all the fake wood over Although here. Although that didn't derail the season. They oh. still made the Western Conference Finals. But um, All right. Anyway, what do you got for us today, Joseph? Um, you know, this song, I just heard the sample for this song playing Grand Theft Auto V the other night on one of their radio stations in Los Santos. Oh, so this is... Okay, this is a sample. This is a sample, and I just had to look it up by the Tramps rubber band. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I was cruising along the streets of Los Santos, robberies, whatever I was doing, and this song came on the radio. I was like, Slapping I- prostitutes. <laughs> Who knows? Knocking random people out, whatever <laughs> I was up to. I-, I will say I'm always a little bit disappointed when I find out an iconic beat isn't original. I know a lot of rap is sampled. But like some some of the beats are original in, in in rap, and I was I thought this was an original beat, so I was a little bit sad. Right. It is not. No, it is not. yeah, it is indeed sampled. I don't mind sampling. I just I thought it was original. So. It was... All right. So, uh, a NFL draft, hated or love it, version. Nice. And there was a trend in the first round that uh, the ESPN crew was commenting on. And it was the amount of SEC players drafted in the first round of 32 picks. 15 players were drafted out of the SEC of the first 15 picks. That's almost half, Bob. That is almost half. I think one away. Yeah, one away. Uh, Of the first 15 picks, nine of them were from the SEC. And a lot of the guys that were on the panel there, they were mostly college guys, Danny Cannell, Kirk Herbstreet. They all chimed in saying, oh, I guess there's an SEC bias in the NFL, too. You know, tongue in cheek there. (laughs) Right. Because there's obviously a lot of talk about how the NCAA and college is more favored towards the South. But the NFL showing in the draft that at least in the first round and probably in other rounds, too, they like to go with SEC. So hate it or love it. The SEC bias is untrue. Is untrue? Is untrue. In the NFL. In general. In general. Um, I mean, it's just that that's where the talent is, according to the NFL. I mean, that's oh, where they, you know, oh, that's. Oh, I see what you're saying. Nearly okay. half of the first round picks, well, SEC players. This is tough because it's like it's two answers. I'm going to say hate because it is true because people do have an SEC bias in terms of covering the SEC. If you're like in the media and you're covering college football, there's a huge focus on the SEC, including games that are not exactly the most exciting, like Mississippi State against Texas A&M. There's more of a focus on that than better games in other conferences. But I will say that it's, I'll say love that it's uh, untrue in terms of the NFL side of it. The NFL picks the best players. And the best players usually are in the SEC because a lot of the best teams are in the SEC. Um, the difference, though, is that it's usually the top teams in the SEC that are getting their players chosen. Just very quickly looking at the draft here, you got LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Alabama, Alabama in the top 12 picks right there. You're not getting the rest of the SEC at the top except for those great teams. Alabama and LSU had like nine or 10 guys drafted in the first couple of rounds each. So the best teams get that. You also had Ohio State get two guys out of the top three, technically three out of the top three, if you count Joe Burrow, who started at Ohio State. Um, so it's just it's more of the best teams and the best players versus just the SEC bias in the NFL. Um, but, I mean, it's it's not fake. A lot of national media focus on the SEC more than other conferences. So it's both, but I'm going to say love. It is untrue because the NFL just picks uh, the best players available. 
we're uh, usually in the SEC. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna love that it's also untrue. If it were true, then Michael Sam would probably still uh, be in the NFL. He was the SEC defensive player of the year. So if it's just about thing about taking damn going uh, to Michael Sam, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being real. If it's just the thing about taking uh, uh, players from the SEC, then he'd probably still uh, have a have a job at this point. But you have to look at the SEC, look at it like it is. We know the SEC is the best conference in football. They've got the biggest guys. They've got the strongest guys in most cases. They got the biggest offensive lines, biggest defensive lines, usually the best cornerbacks and stuff like that. All the skill position players, even if, even if you start like venturing out to wide receiver and stuff like that, you're starting to see some of these best players kind of come from SEC schools. Top three of the top five picks in this year's draft were SEC players. Six of the top 10 players in this year's draft were SEC players. So it just goes to show that these guys continue to pump out NFL talent every single year. Why? Because they're already playing against other NFL talent all season or for their most of their careers. So they've been playing against great offensive lines. They've been playing against huge defensive linemen. They've been playing against great game plan game little words, game planners like Nick Saban and things like that for the past few years. So uh, it's no secret that SEC guys end up going top of the draft, but to Typically, you'll see a lot of those receivers and quarterbacks and stuff come from the Pac-12. So uh, SEC does a great job of getting offensive line, defensive line, cornerbacks and things like that. And then the Pac-12 does a great job of putting out receivers and quarterbacks. All right. And um, actually, I won't say it because we're against the clock. So let's move on. Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Now that's a tease. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it is a moot point at this point. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, as you guys mentioned in the last segment, he might be under some pressure going forward because Jordan Love got drafted in the first round. So, hate it or love it, Aaron Rodgers will not finish his career in Green Bay. Uh-huh. Uh, I I love it. Um, it looks like they've already started putting the, the wheels into motion for him to get ready for his exit. Aaron Rodgers, somebody that's uh, always had contentious relationships with his coaches ever since Mike McCarthy, and this is even after they won the Super Bowl. He's just one of those guys that likes to push a lot of buttons. He's he's from that Kobe school of of being an, of an athlete. Like He's somebody that's going to make sure he pushes and pokes and prods his players uh, into doing certain things, and they might not like that. He's just a, kind of a tough guy to get along with, but he, what, even though he's a tough guy to get along with, he's still Aaron freaking Rodgers, and he's still really, really good. So There's a lot of teams that are willing to look past his diva-like ways and give some big money to him. You kind of mentioned that he has about 17 million uh, that'll be against the cap when he's uh, when he's ready to go. That's cheap for a lot of people, and especially when you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So yes, I do think he'll be playing for somebody else within the next. I'm going to give it two seasons. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say love too. I would have never said love to this if it was a couple of months ago, but times they are changing, and well, I don't know if times they are changing, but we're seeing it happen more frequently. Quarterbacks leave the teams that they started on that they thought we were going to finish their whole career with. Um, obviously, we saw that with Joe Montana in the past going to the Chiefs, which was always a little bit weird. But having both Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady leave their classic franchises in the same offseason kind of introduces you to the idea that the NFL is trending and teams are trending more away from the cute story of the guy stays for his whole career. It's about winning. And when that guy starts to fade a little bit, you move on. Plus, it's about having money enough to spend for your entire team. And when Aaron Rodgers makes a ton of money and is not going to be as effective anymore or keeps getting hurt and Jordan Love is cheap, guess what? You can make the team better around Jordan Love instead of with Aaron Rodgers there. So I'll say Love. He'll probably he'll probably finish his career elsewhere. Um, I am a little bit curious if maybe Roethlisberger and Breeze will be the last two quarterbacks for a very long time that stay their entire careers with one team. 
Um, but it'll be very, very interesting. So, uh, all right, that's uh, that's my answer for that one. All right, and uh, just real quickly, hate it or love it, Jerry Jones needs to draft in the yacht until death. Every draft going forward <laughs> has to be in the spaceship yacht, whatever the hell that was. Him, him, and Khan both drafted on their yachts. <laughs> I think it's great. He also had someone hold his phone for him. His wife held the phone for him. Some other person walked over and held the phone for him. It was perfect. Stay in the op forever, Jerry. It's great. Yeah, make me feel broke forever, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you so much for drafting from your huge, you know, and, and huge yacht with all the amenities. You probably have a pool and a basketball court somewhere on your yacht, man. You know what, man? I loved it, though. I'll be honest. I was just talking the other day. It's like if I ever got money, a yacht and a jet would be the first two uh, things that I bought. So I think it was awesome that he uh, drafted on his from his yacht. I didn't think it was as awesome that he was the one drafting for the Dallas Cowboys. No hey. offense, Joe, but this is why the Cowboys suck. Because he said, nobody else really messed with him. Don't bother me on draft day. I'm going to make all the picks for our team. This is the reason why the Cowboys are going to be where they are for the next few years. Because he refuses to let the football guys do the football stuff. Well, Mike, he had it sealed, but now... After all that I'm you sorry, just said, bud. that is a landslide victory now for Mike. Hey, man, that's hate, man. Mad because I'm telling the truth over here? I, you, you were mad at it, too. <laughs> I was not. The Cowboys had an absolutely fantastic draft. I was absolutely fine. That's why I'm saying Jerry Jones needs, needs to do that going forward. That was a great draft by the Cowboys. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. let's, uh, let's take a break. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the show with uh, some of the other Oregon Oregon State players that did get drafted. And uh, we'll do that next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Ah, thank you. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Final segment here on Sports Sunday. Actually, had sports to talk about today, which was nice. Thank you, NFL, for doing your draft virtually. Hopefully, we don't find out any stories of anybody getting coronavirus from the draft, like doing their little family draft parties and stuff. Yeah, that would be that. That would suck. I mean. It appeared as if most people were doing the right thing. They had like, I, I never saw more than six or seven people, which I believe is the correct limit, right? Seven or less. Isn't that what they were saying? Maybe six or less. So, and they did say that they wouldn't put anybody on camera who had more than a certain amount of people. So I think they were doing it right, but that doesn't mean that like people had tons of people elsewhere in the house, yeah. not on screen. So I would hope that we don't find anything out about that for sure. But yeah, um, that would suck. All right. We only got a couple of minutes left. So let's make sure we get into some of the Oregon and Oregon state players who were drafted elsewhere. It, uh, it wasn't a great draft for either school. Obviously Justin Herbert going in the first round was huge for Oregon, but um, Troy die going fourth round to the Minnesota Vikings. I thought that was a little bit late for a guy like Troy die depending on, or based on how good he was, but he is a little bit smaller for a linebacker than, than some of the other ones that you'll see. But I think that's a good fit for him. Minnesota's always had a good defense and always had good linebackers. And I think no matter where Troy Dye goes, he's going to succeed. So I think that's a, that's a solid pick for the Vikings for sure. I think, you know, anytime you get a guy like Troy Dye who, you know, can 
he can he can probably play you know some inside outside if you really wanted him to you know so I'm not sure really how how much he'd be able to keep up with some of those uh, really quick slot receivers and stuff like that but I think Troy Die uh, can be a hell of a ball player for you especially he went to the Vikings and so that's a team that's already defensively in a pretty good spot and then you add somebody like Troy Die man you can do so many additional things so that's a huge pickup for for them uh, it felt good to see that young man get drafted you know he. He's somebody that really became like a, a fan favorite, you know, for a lot of people for the Ducks for the past few years. Like he's he's been as consistent as a defensive player that you can possibly ask for um, that we've seen really over the past 10 years for the Ducks. So, man, great job to die for, you know, doing such a great job for the past three or four years at Oregon to put himself in position to get drafted. Now he's going to a, a hell of a team and a hell of a defense. Shane Lemieux went fifth round to the Giants, the guard out of Oregon. Uh, he was the fourth pick of the fifth round. The offensive line for the Ducks did not do as well in the draft as they did as well or as they played as well in real life, if that makes sense. Like people considered the Oregon offensive line one of the best in the country. I know they didn't win the award for best in the country, but people considered it one of the best. But I think only two players got drafted off the line and a couple others got signed as as undrafted free agents. Now, obviously the star of the line, Penny Sewell is available to be drafted next year. And he's probably going to be the top prospect next year uh, behind maybe Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. But um, I, I was surprised to see the offensive line, not get more looks, but uh, maybe, maybe the undrafted free agents will succeed as well. Throckmorton got drafted or was an undrafted free agent. I believe uh, I think Brady Aiello was an undrafted free agent as well. So uh, I'm a little bit surprised by that, but it is, in, it, you know, interesting to see that, as good as they were in college, they didn't get viewed the same way by NFL teams necessarily. No, and I think it's, again, when you get to the NFL level, uh, you're talking about the best of the best. You know, everybody at every position uh, is fast, and everybody at every position is strong, and uh, they're all the, the, the best in the world at what they do. So, yeah, once you get to that place. Oh, yeah, Jake got, Hansen got drafted by the Packers. By okay, the so once you get to that point, man, you've got to really start working and see what type of player you are. The great thing about, you know, being drafted at this point is – Man, you still got so much room to grow. You know, the 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 athlete that I was at 25 was much different than the athlete I was at 22. You know, I was in better shape. I had bigger arms. I was fat. I could jump higher. All those things. That's that's why they call it the prime of your career. You know, the prime of your life between about 24 and about 28, 29, right around then. So uh, you got somebody like Troy Die, who's that good at 21, 22. Just imagine how good he could really, really be by the time he's 24, 25. And then we got into much of the Oregon State players. Uh, Blake Brandle, the offensive tackle, went in the sixth round to the Vikings. Isaiah Hodgins, sixth round to the Bills. And I think that is a super steal. Hodgins was really good. Really, good. really good. I, I think he had, I think, total in his career, three drops total on almost 200 catchable passes. So I think the Bills are getting a really good one there. And then uh, seventh round, Jake Luton did get drafted. And um, he is going to oh god where did he go i totally lost it he went sixth round where did jake luton go i saw it oh there it is the jaguars jesus i literally i looked at it earlier and i was like wait i totally forgot yeah jake luton got drafted sixth round of the jags i think a little bit later than i expected him to go but maybe maybe that's about right for a guy like luton hopefully he'll have a successful career as well i think hodgins is the stealer though going all the way that late to the to the bills oh absolutely Absolutely. Man, the Bills, look at the Bills, man. Kind of trying to build something great over there, man. They already had the, Too bad their quarterback's Josh Allen. Too bad their quarterback's Josh Allen. But what if Allen made just even the, the smallest 
improvements next year. All of a sudden, you're looking at a much better team. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We do, uh, we we are doing this every single Sunday, nine until eleven a.m. NFL draft is over now, so I do believe it's going to be back to being a little bit lighter on the sports. But um, we will be back nine to eleven next week, as always, giving you as much sports as we can. We do have uh, a couple of games coming up for you this afternoon. Coming up right after us at 11, we've got the Oregon Women's Tournament Championship game against Stanford from this year. That's the Pac-12 tournament. And then at 1 o'clock this afternoon, the 2014 NFC Championship game between the Seahawks and the Niners. So if you want to hear some classic sports, that's what you can hear on the fan after us. And if you missed the show, you can find it on the Les Schwab Tires podcast on radio.com app and 1080tothefan.com. Have a very good rest of your Sunday, and we will see you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.